Happy Easter, guys. Happy Easter. Hey, Mathis. Do you hear that mysterious voice? Who is that voice? It's the voice of the Lord, because it's Easter and he is risen. OMG. <laughs> no, we have a special guest. Yes! And that special guest is my brother-in-law. Whoop, it- whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yo, Jonathan. Well, th- thanks for having me we, on, guys. I, I'm we actually pretty name. stoked about this. Oh, yeah, we're, we're so happy stoked. to have you. You know, I don't know if you know Jonathan, but John hates the word uh, stoked. So that was. I'm so happy that you just used it. Well, I wouldn't say I hate the word stoked, but I do think stoked is more broski than oh, I am. It's very broski. It's it very broski. I don't yeah. have anything against the word stoked. It makes more me. St- <laughs> it makes me really happy that. You used it, Jonathan, because sometimes I say it, and John gives me a really hard time about it. He's like, I'm just so stoked. Not as much as when you you say sick. That's true, yeah. Sick is sick is like 10 years sure. old, though, so you deserve, to, you deserve to give me a hard time for that. Oh, good. Well, regardless, I'm excited to be, to be honest with you guys. I think you, your show is excellent. Oh, thank uh, you, Jonathan. I love the banter between you guys. <laughs> we paid him. Yeah. Uh, no, I really... I, I love the banter between you guys. You guys obviously have just a really good friendship that it, that is really evident when you listen to the podcast. So uh, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm, I'm appreciative of that. God bless. Sweet, yeah. Bless up. Bless up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm currently in Nashville, which is why I'm with Jonathan. Yeah. Um, him and my sister live in Nashville, so you know, we're just partying it up. You know, that's pretty sweet. You know. We, we saw um, Batman Superman today. We did. We oh, did that's right. Batman, I was going to ask you guys if you saw it, but... Did you see it? No, I did not see okay. it. I had, well, better, we... I had better fish to fry, and you know what I'm okay, talking well, about. I do, but we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give our opinions of it. We will, yeah. Do you want to go right into that? Is there anything we want to cover first, or should we just no, jump into it? that's a great idea. All right, yeah. Jump. Let's do some okay. cultural shiz. So, we saw Batman vs. Superman. Yay. I would say Maybe, yeah. I went in... Uh, with very low expectations. Of course, yeah. It didn't get very good reviews, but actually, when I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, the different the differentiation between the critics and the users was probably the biggest I'd seen. It's it high, like, yeah. It was like 20-some percent critics, and then it was like in the 70s for users, <laughs> which usually it's not that different. Yeah. Um, But both me and Jonathan actually really liked it. Really? We really did. You know, yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was quality. It was one of the obviously it was one of the better DC films I that agree. they put out. It was actually really good. Yeah, um, uh, just on both ends. I mean, Affleck was made you he crushed it. Yeah, he made you forget about uh, Christian Bale for a little bit at least. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't uh, think about Christian Bale honestly yeah. at all. I mean, Christian Bale definitely was an excellent Batman. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers prove that. The ratings obviously prove that. But um, yeah, Affleck did an excellent job. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I keep hearing bad things, like not not just for like you know Rotten Tomatoes or looking at like critics reviews, but like my friends keep telling me, "Don't go see this! Like you're not gonna have fun." I think people just want to hate it so bad. Yeah. Really? I, it's it seemed like, it seemed to me like people really wanted to love it going in. No. You think people think, wanted to hate it? I think. I mean, I wanted to hate it. It's right. not horrible. I think you kind of want to hate it too. 
Oh, of course I do. Of course see? I do. After watching so, Man of Steel, I'm like, I'm not going to see that movie. Exactly. But, oh, come on, Man of Steel was not that bad either. Oh, Jonathan, don't get me going. Like, I could talk about Man of Steel for an did, hour and a half. John did tell me that you weren't a huge fan of it. No, I wasn't. But, I mean, I, would, it, it, I liked how dark it was. Um, I mean, it was a a much better movie than the first Superman that went that right. put out. Right. Return. Yeah, that was well. That was cheesy. Honestly, like my biggest problem is that I don't think Hollywood knows how to do Superman yet. Like, Superman is a borderline god, and they think that they have to throw another god figure into the movie with him in order to make it the action movie that it has to be. But it's just so much bigger than that. Like, it needs to be more about the struggle of someone with godlike powers being a man because he has to be a man. He has to put borders on himself because nobody else is going to do it. And I just don't think, like, I don't think, like, chalking it up to, like, this huge action movie is really what's going to make Superman, like, hit home with people. And it doesn't hit home with people because most people really don't like Superman movies, you know? It's funny that you say that because I actually think that kind of comes through in this movie a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, just with, like, Superman's... Like, you can see, like, the pain, without giving anything away, but, like, you can see, like, the pain and, like, the... just uh, the uncomfortable nature of things that kind of he goes through. Right, yeah. Um, and I heard that, like, with, yeah. With Batman and with just, like, the people. Um, so they kind of get into that a little bit, maybe not deep enough. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie was two and a half hours, so I don't think oh, they God. necessarily could have done... And yeah, honestly, it, go, it goes pretty quick. It really does. Yeah. I'm really surprised to hear that both of you liked it, honestly. <laughs> I went in wanting to not... I didn't think I was going to like it, honestly. But You know what? Can we talk about... Think, have you guys both seen Sad Affleck? Yes. Yeah, that is great. the funniest thing to hit the internet this year. Like, it it's amazing really good. how good that moment is. I just and have to... Song. It's perfect. Is that the one that was in it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the that. one. The Sound of Silence. Oh my god, it's so funny. And the, really and it really ends funny. with the whole, like, Ben? And he's like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I talk through the movie a lot with people, and, you know, I'm not going to go see it. So, like, we talked full spoilers. Like, I was like, just tell me what why? happens. Because I don't, I don't really care. And I know that if I go see it, I'm going to be very... Um, I'm just going to walk away upset, so I just was like, I'm not going to put myself through that. But, I don't know, just the things that I heard, I was like, I don't I don't think I'm okay with this. Like, I'm glad I'm not going to see this. And we can't talk about it here, because, you know, people are going right. to listen. And they, they did do an excellent job of setting up future movies, yeah. which was really where DC, I think, struggled for a long time. Yeah. That's a good um, point, yeah. They didn't have, like, you know, even the Marvel Universe. And, again, DC's up against that, which... You know, Marvel Universe came out way before DC had really any idea of mm-hmm. where they wanted to go with these movies. So people are already kind of ingrained, yeah. in a sense, into what to expect from a superhero movie. You know, so when they get something a little bit different, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily sure how to take it. But I think if you go in there expecting that this is not going to be a Marvel movie, that you'll walk mm-hmm. away pleasantly surprised like we did. You just have to, like, because, I mean... We've talked about how, like, the casting choices were bizarre. Yeah, they to are. To say the least. They are. And I think it's just, I, I honestly got past it in this movie. Like, I, I actually like Jesse Eisenberg, which I did not want to. Cause you were the only weird... person I've heard who said that. Like, everybody hated him that I talked to. See, I think people just have to, they can't go in with 
their own expectations. They yeah. just kind of have to take it for what it is. And, and what it is, is it's not that bad. I, and I think the thing is, is that Jesse and the screenwriter were like, we need to make Lex Luthor very different from the way that we've seen him before because people yeah. know what they're going to get. And that's why you get that psychotic, frantic, <laughs> tense Lex Which Luthor. Which I like, that's in I this like movie. that Lex Luthor, though. I feel like Lex Luthor kind of has to be that crazy yeah. to do what he does. And I heard they gave him, like, the Silicon Valley-like uh, angle, and I was like, that's actually really clever, and I think that was a, a great idea. Oh, but he was kind of that... Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have thought that until you said it. Yeah. But... Like, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- okay. I think that's a great idea. <clears throat> Do you want to talk about your uh, movie that you saw? Oh, my God. I wish the both of you had seen it because we, we we looked. It's just not around. Here. I know, yeah. And I just I looked and I saw that it goes April first. It goes wide. I thought it went wide earlier. Oh. Um, but I went and saw Midnight Special on Friday night. It's incredibly limited. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, where where do I go to see it? It might not be near you yet, but hopefully it does come near you. And I have to say, if it does come within within like a close radius of you within a hundred miles. Yeah. (laughs) You need to go see it because it kicks ass. Like this movie blew my mind. It's, it's science fiction as the both of you probably know Uh, for anybody. I haven't even said the name of it. Okay. So the movie that I went and saw, I did. Uh Okay. So the movie I went and saw is midnight special and it is, the premise is this father Find, or not finds out, but his son has supernatural powers, and he's on the run from the government with his son. Um, and it's amazing. It's So it's like a science fiction movie, but you kind of forget it's a science fiction movie, and it just becomes entirely spiritual. Like, it's uh-huh. so grounded and realistic, and it feels so real that it does not feel like science fiction at all. It feels like... And it's, it is ingrained with so much spirituality... And the, it just – it's a great conversation starter about God and about religion and – Really? Yeah, it's – and it's it's just insane. You know, you have um, – you have the emotional complexity of this father doing everything he can for his son, and you have the whole world against them. Um, the The performances are phenomenal. Every character is just like incredible um, – and then it's just really profound. Like I wish, I wish that it was less than limited. I wish it was wide so yeah. that I could talk about it with somebody. Because <laughs> the just, um, just draw draw a face on your finger and talk to your finger. <laughs> I'll talk to him. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I say hi. He uh, um, Jeff Nichols, the writer and director. Uh, you can tell that he's having a lot of questions about faith in his life at this moment and he's a brand new father and you can tell that he's like processing through that and what's really cool about the screening that i went to was after the credits were over there was this interview with jeff nichols and he was talking about making the movie and they were showing a bunch of behind the scenes footage and that's exactly what he says he's like you know when we were making this movie i had just become a father and i was learning about that kind of responsibility and that greater duty in the world and he yeah. was talking about like growing in faith as a human being and i was like you like when i was watching this in the theater i was like you have totally captured that in this movie like i can tell that about you when i watch this movie um i don't want to talk too much about it just because like um yeah, yeah it's a very mysterious movie cuz i don't is. really quite know where it's going to go by the trailer so right. i don't really want spoilers right 
Um, Jonathan, doesn't that make you want to have kids? The fatherly figure? Uh, Do you want to give me a niece or nephew? <laughs> not quite yet, no. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be the godfather, quite. so just let me know, and I'll pop in. Just yeah, saying. But, oh, okay. Movies like that, when the like director, especially the director, um, did he write it? Really, ha- he, uh, wrote he wrote it. it yeah. He wrote it as well. Yeah. Um, when they can, when they're able to, like, kind of put their own emotions into like what they're creating, mm-hmm. those always seem to just turn out so much well, better than just like your standard. That's how yeah. movies should be yeah. made. Unfortunately, like, uh, there's the studio movies where they just kind of like hire someone to take on. Yeah. But I think what how movies should be, and I think Mathis would agree, is that you have someone that's emotionally invested. Yeah. Because I think that's when you get your high-quality films that really, you know, there's so many underlying things that it really touches people on a more spiritual level than maybe the, yeah you know, the crap that just is fed out by students. And... And they even, like, they ask him in this behind-the-scenes at the end, they're like, wow, you have written every movie that you've directed. How did you manage to do that and be a success in Hollywood? And he says, like, it's because I was so stubborn and ignorant enough and just slightly less successful than I wanted to be that I was in this circumstance. And he says, like, "Um, it just does not seem worth making to me if my heart is not in it, if the work that I make is not a personal connection to where I'm at in my life or what my journey is at this point. And that's basically just hits the nail right on the head of what you guys were just saying. You know, like it makes better art to make things that hit you, you know, that you're making out of your own heart. Like this is where I'm at yeah. at this point in my life. <clears throat> my favorite part is when you said hit the nail on the head. I just thought it's, it's Easter, and Jesus was nailed to a cross. I don't know why we're laughing. But I don't That's not funny at all. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're we're recording this on Easter, and when we when Easter we get Sunday. through a few more things, I would I can't wait to talk about Easter, Easter. with you guys because I have just yeah. so many thoughts. But um, yeah, I suggest that in this upcoming week, if Midnight Special does come anywhere near the both of you and anywhere near the viewers. Not viewers. This isn't a video. Um, listeners, it should, be. it should be a video. Yeah, <laughs> a um, two-hour video. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a movie directed by John and Mathis. Yeah, <laughs> guest starring Jonathan. <laughs> Yay! It's a new guest star. Oh, I said yeah. co-star. I was trying to take uh, to take a little bit more recognition and call myself a co-star, but whoa, 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 whoa! You're jumping the gun <laughs> there, buddy. I just misspoke. It was, it was definitely a guest star. It's okay. We'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> stars being generous, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, what's next? Oh, I just wanted to, I want to plug um, the new Letterboxd app real quick to people. You can read my re- – I'm going to write a review Ooh, on maybe Midnight they'll Special, sponsor us. and you guys should can go you contact read them? it. Um, no, but when I tweeted about the new app, they liked the tweet, so we're basically sponsored by Letterboxd now. Um, Perfect. Anyways, if Jonathan doesn't know, and for everybody who's listening, Letterboxd <laughs> – that's spelled letter box D, not without the E at the very end. B-O-X-D, right? Yeah, B-O-X-D. Letterboxd is a social media uh, network that mm-hmm. is for movie buffs, like people who love watching movies and love talking about movies. And you can, you can uh, basically chronicle your whole diary throughout the year. You can rate movies and like say yep. when you're watching them, say if you are re-watching them and write little reviews on them. And people follow you and you can follow people. It's a blast. And the one thing holding it back before was that there was not an app, so it was making it hard, you know? It was like 
it could be as good as something like Goodreads, which is the same thing for books, but it's just so hard to keep up with those things if you're not, like, chronicling as you see the movies. And they uh-huh. just released an app, and I'm pumped about it, and everybody... What's that? Hashtag spons. <laughs> Hashtag spons, yeah. Maybe they'll hear this, and they'll be like, wow, this is amazing. Let's <laughs> this sponsor is amazing. them. But, yeah. Anyways, I just want to say... It's great. Everybody should go see it. Yeah, I want to. You're up. I am up. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else. Don't okay. Think. Let me just. I just need to take a moment to talk about the internet sensation that I missed six years ago that I discovered this week. Have you guys seen the Brendan Fraser clap? No. Oh my god. Look to. it up right is now. It, and is I will, it a quick video? It is. It's 15 seconds long. Um, the Brendan Fraser clap? Yeah, type in Brendan Fraser clap. So while they search for this, audience, oh. this video, freaking yeah. Brendan Fraser okay. is at the Golden Globes six years ago. And, and Robert De Niro's on stage and he tells a joke and they cut to Brendan Fraser's reaction. And I, <laughs> I, have, I have seen that. Okay, it's... It's amazing, and it's hilarious, but what's even funnier is that there is a Brendan Fraser Clap remix, uh-huh. so you guys can go watch it if you want or not. You could basically get the gist of it in ten seconds, what it is, and I was done. I watched it about ten times this week, and I could not believe that I missed it. Is it a minute? <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for anybody who cannot see this, I, go look gonna, it up right I'll now. I'll link this. I'll link yes. this in the, uh, at the website if you go to. Yes, it. do. It do link <laughs> it. Freaking Brendan <laughs> Fraser is clapping to the beat of Hollaback Girl, and it is, uh, it's beautiful. And it came out six years ago, and it's a viral wow. hit. And I did not know about it, and I discovered it this week, and I was like, I know that John would love this. And yeah. I had to share it on the podcast. That's so fun. It's so good. He just has the most outrageous response to that joke. Like, and then he, he just, point. He like points. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like derps for a second, and then it's sort it of like kinda, yeah. you know, if you were watching that in an awards show, it's like everybody's at the Golden Globes, and then Brendan Fraser's at his own party in the corner, and he's just like. Yeah, to himself. <laughs> he looks like That'd he's watching me. it on TV. Yeah, if you were at the Golden yeah. Globes, you would be just like that. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so funny. That. I'd like to hear the whole joke and what De Niro said. <laughs> I know, right? I, I couldn't. It must be really good. It probably <laughs> it mu- like that. It probably wasn't. Yeah. I know, right? It must be great for that kind of a response. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. Any cultural things from you, John or Jonathan? I don't think so. I didn't have any okay. off the top of my head. Okay. I got one more. Okay. And Perfect. I and I tweeted about it, so you know it's coming up. The Last Days of the Desert trailer oh, right. came out. <laughs> um, first off, that top comment on the yes. YouTube video. Well, first say what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, so Last Days of the Desert dropped a trailer a few days ago, and it is about yeah. the tribulations and the temptations of Jesus Christ while he's in the desert for those 40 mm-hmm. days. 
and it's played by Ian McGregor. So you're watching this trailer, and it's Ian McGregor, and he's struggling out in the desert, you know, for these 40 days, like in the uh, Bible. And the, the top comment, what is it again, John? It's like, oh, so this is what happened in Tatooine. Yeah, this is what Obi-Wan <laughs> was doing in Tatooine. <laughs> oh, which is, ah, uh, yeah, that was funny. It was funny. That killed me. It didn't strike me until yesterday that they released that trailer just now because it is Easter week. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah. When does it come out? Which makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably within three months, right? That's my guess. May 13th, it looks like. I'm not totally sure. Um, but I would love to talk about this trailer because I think that it's a really interesting, controversial film. And I want to hear you guys' opinions on it. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? Oh, you're talking to me. I thought you were talking to John. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. This is your show, man. All right. Well, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so the film played at Sundance last year, and it got a lot of heat because it is a very controversial um, topic. Like, there's there's no way to attack this story and embellish just a little bit and not get attacked by people. Right. Um, but I think... Watching this trailer and everything I know about the movie, I think this is going to be an opportunity for people to connect more to the life of Jesus because totally. they are taking such a contemporary, like, cinematic mm-hmm. approach to it, and he feels he feels more human than God in it, and he's just having a rough go of it. And this is a moment where I think that the whitewashed cast, as the, you know, they call it in Hollywood now, you know, like, that film's whitewashed, you know, that... This is a film where there are a lot of white actors playing, um, you know, Middle Eastern Middle people. Eastern. But I think that in this case, it kind of adds to it because they're trying to make this film um, relatable to every person who watches it. So you see Ian McGregor playing Jesus, and you look at him, and you know him, and you feel like him, and he's going through these tribulations, and you're like, Jesus is like me, which is the whole point of the Gospels, you know? It's trying to say, like, you have been made like Jesus by everything that he's going through in this movie. And I just think that that is, between the very, like, real and intense approach they're taking with it and, like, the white casting, I think that that's going to come across really well. And it's just not concerned with being uh, careful, you know? It's just a very brutal moment in the life of Jesus Christ, and they're, it looks like they're going to go at it hard, and they're going to make it really emotional. And my hope is that it's able to reach like outside of a religious audience and really hit people like, wow, this is really profound. You know, this is really beautiful. Yeah, I think we need a, a more contemporary take on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, the film industry it's kind of stuck when it comes to doing portraying Jesus in a way that I think they're too safe with it. Cause I yeah. think they feel like they have to be, they don't make it um, real. Right. And so, yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I think it'll be great. This is actually my first introduction to it. I haven't, I haven't heard of it. And uh, when, before, before I brought it up on Rotten Tomatoes, I was like, Oh, this has got to be like some, the kind of the way that you were talking about, I thought it was like a, it was going to be just like this horrible movie. Like, uh-huh. right, McGregor yeah. is hit or miss on a lot of his movies. He is, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is probably one of those misses. Just like you said, a white guy playing Jesus, like, that just... It seems pretty intentional, though. Yeah. It and, does, and yeah. I'm looking up on it. It's got an 89% rating. 
Oh yeah, that's impressive. I didn't even know yeah. that. Like that doesn't that kind of doesn't surprise me. I'm like, I think this is gonna really, really work for people. You know, like yeah. they're really yeah. gonna connect with it. I hope so. I mean, I think because I think this story is probably really it's really relatable. Right. I think this is the greatest moment of Jesus's life to show his humanity. Totally. You yeah, know? I think that that's that's something that often gets overlooked. I think, I think like so too. We, we look at you know scripturally and we. Yeah, yeah. You see Jesus as this this God. You know, he is yeah. God. He's a part of the, the Godhead, the Trinity. And we think that he didn't really have these struggles like we had. Um, right. You know, and that's you know, we always we always think, well, he's you know, he's God. He can overcome anything. Um, so I hope that I hope that this movie kind of portrays like that real struggle that all of us face. Yeah. You know, every single day. Um, so yeah, this uh, this looks really good. Yeah. And I think that in most, like, churches, when they do talk about the temptation, they don't really capture, like, this was as hard for Jesus as it was for you. Like, they kind of, like, make it, they make it seem like Jesus had to be, like, tested a little bit, but he got over it, you know? Like, it's not that it didn't happen, but it wasn't that big of a deal, because he is God. And I just want this film to show, like, for him to be both human and God, like, it has to be it has to be everything that comes with humanity. Like it has to capture the brokenness of a person and right. the, the trouble to, of living in the world. And, and I, you know, I really want it to be good and I, I am really excited about it. Did you see, um, Emmanuel Lubezki is a cinematographer? <laughs> no, is he? He is. Yeah. And it looks stunning. I was like, oh, of course he is. I forgot that he was. And he's the one that just won cinematography at the Oscars for, for the, the third time. And, yeah, and he did Birdman before that, and I don't remember what was Gravity. So, I mean, he's a rock star. He he literally is a rock star right now, yeah. Literally is a rock star. He's literally a rock star. I, I feel like this is, like, a good moment to go into the emails, because we're kind of talking about a yep. Jesus movie, and there's another Jesus movie we got an email about. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, do you want to go, you want to read it? Yeah, all right. So our good friend Steven, who's been listening to us from the beginning, uh, he writes, Hey guys, great podcast once again. I too loved 10 Cloverfield Lane. So I'm already like Team Steven over here because 10 Cloverfield yeah. Lane is the bomb.com. Did you see it, Jonathan? No, I have not. John told me about it, though. I, I actually haven't. I don't remember seeing the original one. Mm. Uh, and that might just be because I I heard just bad things about it, which is normally not like me. Like, I will see... <laughs> movies that that critics don't like because uh-huh. I, I tend to kind of disagree a lot, but yeah, I, I now John told me it, it was a it was a, that kind of that point of view that first person point of view movie, like with a camera in hand, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not a huge fan of those. Uh, I'll probably check it out um, since you guys did give it a, a a pretty good rating on I think it was your last podcast. So um, and I'd like to see it before I see this, even though apparently you don't have to see it. Right. So I don't yeah, know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll. I'll check that out. John. John talked really highly on it. So. Yeah, it's. It really is a fantastic film. It. The reason why it was so polarizing was because it is like found footage and it's so intense. Like the camera's pointed everywhere, and with when when you do things like that, it's just a lot of people. It doesn't matter what kind of story you're telling, are gonna walk away unhappy. They're gonna be like, mm-hmm. "Well, I vomited three times, so I don't like this movie." <laughs> So, I mean, if you can get through the, the shaky cam of it, 
It's it really is a clever, well told story. And this and I think I don't know, John, back me up if you think this is true, but I think it does add to the second one to see the first one. You don't have to but I think it, or yeah, I think, I think it, it would help. Definitely add, but I, I definitely don't. I think they're very different. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I think it totally adds. Is Just it, in the excitement of mm-hmm. a new a new type of Cloverfield. Is it the same director? Or? No. The the great yeah, thing okay. about it is that like both directors were kind of just coming out of the gate for both of these yeah. movies, and J J Abrams was just like helping them get these projects off the ground, you know, like it's his production company behind both of them, gotcha. behind right. the whole franchise. And he's just like, you got a great story. Let's tell it, you know? And the guy who did the first Cloverfield went on to make the last planet of the apes. And yeah. And I don't know what this guy's going to do. The guy who did 10 Cloverfield lane, but I'm sure mm-hmm. he's got like huge things in the future. And I would hope that anybody that's made a Cloverfield movie now and in the future does not make any more Cloverfield movies. Like it's like right, an agree. entry movie, and they move on, and it's just sort of like everybody's leaving their own impression on such a great franchise. Mathis, you can do the next one. Okay, I'll call JJ right now. Okay, I'm sure there's only like one degree of separation between me and him. Totally, <laughs> somewhere along the line. Yeah, I'm sure I know somebody who knows somebody who knows JJ. Steven's probably like, all right, guys, just get to my question at this point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's going to stop like, listening. Are you guys even going to talk about the question? <laughs> like, okay, well, moving on. All right. So the question that Steven asked is, given the impending release of God's Not Dead, Dos, I was wondering what your thoughts were. As we can see from the trailer, the film sets up a world where Christians are a persecuted minority due to their love for Jesus. What are your thoughts on this attitude of persecution and paranoia the religious right seems to have? Um, why do you think they're so convinced we're headed towards a world where Christians will be mistreated? I've been reading a lot on this topic and am growing increasingly annoyed with the religious right's doomsday rhetoric, not to mention their poor quality movies. Ooh, that's zing. that's such a great question. Like that's just, it is a good question. It's a very well written question, Stephen. Um, and I, one of you should go first. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Well, John, Jonathan's actually seen God's Not Dead. I kind of refused to <laughs> the, see it. The first so. one, yeah. All right. Well, I've not seen the second. One. I do have an opinion on the question that he had, but if we're I do too. I, I think we should start with Jonathan. I do too. Uh, I mean, the, the first one was. Uh, I agree with Steven's end point there where it's, it's just, they're just poor quality movies. Yeah. Um, obviously that budget goes into that. They're, they're yeah. not generally going to be very, people uh, aren't going to throw a lot of money. Right. At these. Right. Now I will say the, one of the starring actors in this, I actually really, you probably never heard of her. I can't even remember her name. Um, I'm too lazy to, to Google her right now, but, um, she's in, She's in Sabrina. The TV show, The Goldbergs, oh. which is kind of funny, actually. Anyway, I've seen some episodes. It's good, yeah. Okay, she's the sister in that, and she's in this. So I, I kind of did some research on that. but um, So that, to me, maybe gives the, the, the second one a little bit more credibility, um, just based on a current actor mm-hmm. uh, that is you know, acting in Hollywood on a fairly successful show. Um, the first one <laughs> pretty much starred Kevin Sorbo. And I mean, if that tells you anything, that guy's a you know he's a B actor. Um, yeah. You know, his most famous role was 
Hercules for six seasons. Yeah. Somehow it made it to six seasons. 111 episodes. Yeah, we looked we, it up. We did. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I just on the, I, I think that the that this is can can potentially be good. Not the movie itself, but just the idea of releasing the right um, types of movies like this. I think though that you they have to be very careful uh, in doing this because I I agree I think that um, I I too am growing increasingly annoyed with the the doomsday approach mm-hmm. that they're taking. Uh, I personally don't feel persecuted you know persecuted for my beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. I know that not everybody agrees with the things that I agree with, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Like you know even if they're belligerently against me like that's fine mm-hmm. i don't that doesn't bother me I, i've never felt persecuted um maybe that means i'm not doing my job as a christian well but <laughs> uh but i've never felt that way you know uh so I, yeah. I feel like because of that um th- th- this movie again i haven't seen it um but it it can take this in a direction that is it's just a dangerous direction to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhat misleading if that's the case, if that, yeah. you know, if they're this doom and gloom type of talk, um, I'll probably watch it. Uh, just cause we're I going to have like a showing here. We're going <laughs> to pop popcorn. We're going to get some pull and peel Twizzlers. We're going to throw a feast. Yeah. Well, I'll have to come over for that. <laughs> come on down. Everyone's invited. I think the persecution that kind of maybe this movie and even the first one kind of suggests isn't necessarily the type of persecution that Christians or whatever you want to call them um, experience. I think I think that persecution mm-hmm. is more uh, political or social social persecution. I would say um, just you know your different stances on different conservative thoughts. You know. Um, yeah, LBGT, um, uh, abortion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different things like that. I feel like there's maybe some type of persecution there, mm-hmm. but it's not to the point where like we're being threatened or uh, burned at the stake. Yeah, or in this movie, I think like someone <laughs> wants to sue somebody or they want to, you know, I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that, like I said, you kind of have to mm-hmm. be careful with the direction. Yeah, that these movies can can go in because they can be very deceiving to people. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. Um, John loves this movie, by the way. He is so he it's is my number stoked. one movie. Of all He's time. stoked. <laughs> so stoked, guys. Um, I honestly think that it's a lot of paranoia on the Christianity side. That's my personal opinion, because especially in the U.S., I I definitely don't think that we understand what persecution is. Um, I definitely think that overseas and like the Middle East and wherever um, Christianity isn't as common. I think it's hard for us to say that we're being persecuted. Yeah. And then looking at how others are persecuted uh, overseas. But I really just want to say, and this is not going to be, I don't think, a very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Popular? Popular statement. (laughs) I think that as a society... We are persecuting the Muslim religion in the way that Christians think they will be persecuted during Doomsday. And I think that's what we're doing to them now. Um, And that's what frustrates me about um, 
this whole idea on radical Islam right now and how we're putting all emphasis on all of people that um, practice um, Islam and we're putting them as extremists and then we're persecuting them. Um, and I think that that is really what persecution is, is what we're doing to them right now, which I know is not going to be popular, but. I really like, um, what you were saying, Jonathan, about oh, okay. the, um, shut up, John. <laughs> uh, I just really like the idea of like, there is like a big picture persecution, you know, like I will acknowledge that there are a lot of people who think that Christianity is whatever, or we'll make fun of it, or we'll put it down. But when you actually get down to the individualism of that religion, I, I never feel that kind of persecution. And yeah. I think that this film is not is not being very truthful towards the actual, like, uh, the realm of, you know, of, like, being in that kind of spirituality. Like, you're not going to face anything like that. And the victimization that Christianity, like, American Christianity is doing to themselves in this movie is mm -hmm. very, uh, very off-putting. And, you know, I rewatched the trailer for this question, and I was like, this is not believable. Like, this does not happen. And I think the movie is trying to say, like, well, this could happen. You know, this is something that could happen. But, I mean, like, you know, there's just so many things in the trailer that immediately hang me up. Like, this this girl asks a question about Jesus in a classroom, and this woman answers, like, yeah, Jesus said this. And then the whole school gets in an uproar about it. Like, right. that's crazy. It's like the whole town, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Like... It's like, okay, that's crazy. And then the yeah. and then you get to the end of the trailer, and they're like, okay, well, she's being brought to court. Okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, swiftly browse over that. But that's that's crazy. And then they're fighting for the existence of God to make what she said okay in the classroom. And it's like, that's not even the point of you being in the courtroom. Like, it's just so, like, this is not how this situation would ever happen right but well, you know, it kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit um i can't remember her name do you remember it was was it last summer the uh the county clerk from was it kentucky mm -hmm. yeah what was her name i don't know do you remember mathis do you remember? no no i don't know oh, oh man what well, she was uh i'm trying to remember kim davis kim oh that's davis. her yeah yep. yep i mean that so we've had instances like that although a little bit different i mean this movie take something such a small issue so simple yeah right and raises it into this this firestorm whereas obviously the kim davis controversy was much much larger and much more widespread um and far-reaching than anything like this movie would portray it to be um but i mean you know kim davis to some degree whether i have my own personal opinions on that issue and, and her in general but mm -hmm. um i mean that that could be considered to some a form of religious persecution. Right. That's real religious persecution. Right. This, this is not, this does not happen. What's happening in this movie. Right. And obviously the whole Kim Davis thing, the, the, there's a whole, there's so many layers to that. Yeah, there is. Uh, so it, it, it's difficult to compare, but you know, on the surface, there is a, there is a level of re religious persecution. You know, obviously you have to dig deeper into that and figure yeah. things out, but, um, but by no means does does this movie reach that point. Mm -hmm. um, again, haven't seen it, but just I've seen I've seen the um, you know, the, the trailer. The trailer. Thank you. Um, actually, one of my current current favorite Christian songs right now is the uh, "Guilty" by Newsboys, which is actually in this movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, their music video kind of runs through a lot of the scenes from that, um, with kind of cut-ins to, like, dialogue and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I just... You know, when Stephen asked, why do you think that they're so convinced we're heading towards a world where Christians will be mistreated? I mean, I guess I can see that potentially long term because every I mean, just naturally, every religion at some point in their existence has been persecuted and everything yeah. is, is cyclical. Like you, know, you, you look mm-hmm. back in the, you know, just 50 years ago mm-hmm. and Christianity was by far the dominant religion yeah. in America. I mean, by far. I mean, it's not even close, you know, and, and, and now it's kind of maybe coming back around to where there's this more, this, this acceptance of other religions and other people's beliefs and, you know, and acceptance is somewhat of a good thing um, because you don't want to persecute anybody. You know, Christians shouldn't persecute anybody. You know, at the same time, Christians should also be free to express their, uh, their views and their opinions and their beliefs um, mm-hmm. I just think this is a, just a, it, it, this movie could potentially do more damage than good, mm-hmm. you know, more harm than good. Um, but again, it, this is specifically designed to reach those who are already believed like it, yep. the popular table. Yeah. 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 The popular table is John. That's, that's what John calls it. John that's funny. Earlier, and that's that's really funny. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's designed for a, a set group. I I don't think that this movie is necessarily designed to lead anybody no you know, into Christianity or to Christ or anything like that. Um, it reaches a specific target audience, and mm-hmm. you know, people down in the south here in Nashville are going to eat this movie up. Exactly. You know, and it probably won't get watched anywhere up in like the northeast or you know. Yeah. So, it, but. That's my thoughts on that. I mean, and the thing is, is that the studio who made this movie, I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but they know that. And they know that they this movie is going to alienate people who are not a part of, like, Christianity. Like, it's it's a movie about Christian warriors against the system. And it's like, we are, we're against the system. We can fight up. We can, we can, you know, no one will put us down. And that's, like, what they're trying to say. And the studio that made it knows that. And they don't care because God's Not Dead was one of the most profitable films of the past, like, five years. Like, oh, I was, just, I was just about to look that up. I read that the other day. Yeah, it, it, was, it was made for a few million surprisingly dollars. Surprisingly, it made so much money. Yeah, yeah, it made so much money. And it's because it doesn't matter if you're going to reach outside of the Christian circle. If you can get the entire Christian circle, you've made a hit. And if you yeah. look at God's Not Dead and you look at God's Not Dead 2, both of them are incredibly low-budget produced films, and they're going to make all of their money back plus a plethora of more. So at the end of the day, it just does not matter. Like, they, they're they going to keep making these movies because they make so much stinking money. Yeah. yeah. It made, like, $63 million at the U.S. box office. Right, and it was made for, like, $4 million or something like yeah, that? Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, the return on investment on that is insane. Yeah. And, I like, I interned... Um, for a production company a little over a year ago and we had um a meeting and in the meeting we were like we need to adapt what was done on god's not dead to our upcoming projects like they literally said that because that film pulled in audiences was made for no money and made a plethora of money like hollywood sees this movie like they know what this franchise is and they're trying to accomplish it you know, yeah. like people are taking notice. 
the Christian movie um, subgenre right now is really, really popular. And it's kind of cutting all of the authenticity of spiritual spirituality, gosh, spirituality out of it because it, you know, like by making it less authentic, it is more appealing to large amounts of audiences. Well, that, that, that reminds me, remember the, the, the movie earlier in the year, War Room? Mm. War Room? Yeah, War Room. Yes, it was a I Christian do. Movie. I heard okay. briefly about it. It was a Christian movie. Well, I'm surprised you, you didn't hear more, because that made $74 million. There you go. Not only that, it, it took over. Wait, that's the, that's the movie that knocked straight out of Compton out of the top spot. There you go. Yep, that doesn't surprise me. Well, like... Yeah. People show up for this stuff on opening weekend. And for people who don't know, like, um, War Room is from the same people who made Face and the Giants, Fireproof, Courageous. Like, it's those guys. And they yeah. this is their new movie. And Kirk Cameron, right? Isn't that the guy? Is he in it as well? I don't know if he's in it. I, I think, he's, think, he's I think he always has stuff to do with that, though. I know he was in a couple of them. Yeah, he is. I think it was really interesting how... Um, how Steven compared this movie to Doomsday Rhetoric, I would not have thought about that on my own, but I think that is really true, of putting yourself in constant opposition to the rest of the world. And, you know, like... Mm -hmm. um, It's almost like creating problems that don't yet exist. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? This could happen one day, but it's not believable in this movie. Right, but... And it, yeah. I feel like if you do want to tell a story of persecution like this, you either you make it a science fiction uh, analogy or you set it in the Middle East where Christians are actually being killed every day for right. believing in Jesus Christ. Like, that is a real problem. Anything here is yeah. not real. Not not like this movie portrays it, at least. And I right. do, th and you know, I grew up around a lot of doomsday rhetoric. And if it's anything like this movie, like it's so off-putting. It's just so ah, you just want to like walk out of the room as the minute people start talking about like the world is crashing down on us. You're like, okay, well that's not true in my own life, and that's not true in the people that I know. You know, you're talking, you're talking big picture in ways that I can't see. And I do, I do think that this connects really well with our next question regarding doomsday rhetoric. If you guys are cool moving on. Yep. Good. Okay. Um, do you want to read this, John? Um, the other email, you mean? Yeah, the new email. Yeah. Do you just want to go to... Okay. Um, so this is from my uh, friends uh, Kylie Cyrus and uh, Sarah Shamrock. Oh, Kylie Cyrus and Sh Sarah Shamrock, yes. Back at it again with the white, <laughs> white fans. <laughs> Um, they have a few questions, but we'll go to the second one first because it goes along with it. So it says, good point in the Bible. It says that the end times will come with the crazy shit happening on earth. I love that uh, every decade, <laughs> I know, every decade people claim that this is the one, uh, the end coming analyzing what we have going on now. Do you think this could be the case, especially if Trump is elected <laughs> as president? Love it. Well, if heaven is on earth the people who have passed away they say that we will see them again do you think that they would come back and we oh so that's a whole different question um so essentially analyzing what's going on now do we think that this could be the case that the end is coming 
Right. And there are so many people, like, they're tapping into a very popular idea right now. Like, this mm-hmm. election process has a lot of people talking doomsday. Like, right. like, something like this always has people talking. And I just... It's very... This comes back to the doomsday rhetoric thing. It's very annoying to hear people talking every decade about the end. I, like I agree. Um, Especially when in the Bible it says that we won't know the day. I was just about to say you that. I, mean? I was like, if you do want to go by the Bible, like right. you're not going to know when it's coming, and there's no reason to think doom and gloom all of the stinking time. Like, right. It's not helping. No, it's not helping us at all. You, you know, God, God would want us to focus on the good things, on the joyful things, and to keep... Right you know, persevering through whatever would happen and not to start scaring people into thinking like the world's going to end. You better be coming to church or you're going to die. Uh-huh. You know, like you're going to die and go to hell. You need to. Right. And like I said before, like I grew up around that and, you know, I would, <laughs> because I'm a very blunt person and I would talk to people after the service. I was like, that, that does not do it for me. Like I'm borderline not coming back. <laughs> and they're like, your family comes here, you know? And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like I I don't think I'm I want to come back. I can't I can't deal with that kind of conversation. Like no, for one, people talk like either. that all of the time, and then nothing happens. Well, and, and that's then, a mindset that if you if you really do think the end is coming, it puts you in a mindset that it's like almost like what's the point? Right. Yeah. Of doing anything. Yeah. So if you're a Christian, I would hope the point would be to. Try everyone. Not, well, that, that's a. We kind of talked about that earlier. This the way that people you know, right, evangelize and try and kind of, not even that, just to build those relationships. So and to really like like share, you know, what you believe with people. I hope that would be your mindset. Um, but I mean, as far as like, but it takes you out of the moment. That's the problem. What it, mean? You're mm-hmm. you're always focused on the future. When mm-hmm. I think that when we really need to be focused on the present. And I think that with if you're always in that mindset that the end is coming, you're always focused on somewhere else when really we have to focus on being some, you know, here. Yeah, I, I do tell, I tell Beth that a lot, actually. Just on, just anything. Just right. be present, you know, be, because I mean, it really is important. Are, yeah. and it's, it's a common phrase these days that people say, like, live in the moment, yeah. you know, hashtag bless. But, um, yeah, well, YOLO. The Bible's done, just even 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 scripture says you know tomorrow will you know worry about today for tomorrow will you know take care of itself sure you know, yeah. you know what has worry ever brought you you know it it makes reckless yeah. to those things yeah. lots and lots yeah. of anxiety oh, yeah. that's what it brings <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what it brings most people um i think though the as christians we are called to 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 look for that you know to to hope for for that return like that's that's the goal. Um, you know, not necessarily the doomsday and, you know, Armageddon and the apocalypse, like <laughs> that's horrible, but, but don't those go hand in hand? Unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, we are encouraged to, to you know, to look for, for Christ's return. You know, that's, you know, it, Paul Christ, talks about that and Christ can be returned every day on earth though. I mean, message wise, I, I think it's just the mentality of like, just that, uh, just have that hope, yeah. You know, whereas right. like we're talking about like, yeah, like there's a lot of crap going on Earth right now, you know, going down. Like we just had, there was a bombing today in Pakistan. Yeah, you know, killed yeah. sixty people, two hundred injured. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pain and suffering, and you know, and things like that. And so without hope and without, you know, a, a point to everything, like 
then everything's empty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's a really good point. And I think that if you know if God was looking down right now, or I don't even want to use that language. I want to say looking at you. I don't want to say looking down. I want to say standing yeah. here looking at you. He would want you to be thinking be present. He would want you to be right. thinking be in this creation. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there isn't like a return coming, you know, but it's like there's no reason like you were saying Jonathan, there's no reason to worry about what's coming tomorrow. Like you should be trying to focus on what you have in front of you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Sarah and Kylie asks, um, analyzing what we have going on now, do you think this could be the case, like Doomsday? And I, you know, I don't think so. I, don't, I think I don't we're either. so far from a Doomsday, you know? Right. So I, I tend to somewhat disagree, but not, not completely. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily, you know, and this is all, we, we don't know. So right. it could happen as we're doing this podcast and no one will ever even get to hear this, which would be, I rebuke that statement. This Jonathan. is going very Begone, well. Satan. <laughs> get behind but, me. Uh, I mean, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, my bad. I, I, guess I, take, I take the, I'll, it was I'll, Satan. I'll, it was Satan. Yeah, blame I'll play devil's advocate and say, look, I think that <laughs> without being too obvious, you know, each and every day we're getting closer. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But, um, I mean, just from signs, biblical signs in the Bible, um, yeah, I think that we are kind of definitely past the halfway point. See, but that's what they thought back. That's what they thought when they wrote the Bible. They're like, it's they were re- they were really hoping though. Like, yeah, they were oh, like, we yeah, are yeah, so like, close like when they wrote Jesus the Bible. <laughs> was crucified and he rose. Like they thought his second coming was going to be like any day. Yeah, that's hilarious to me. Like a hundred years had passed, <laughs> and they were like. Jesus is returning. Right, Doomsday <laughs> yeah. is coming, and you're like, dude, there's been like one generation on Earth. You just need to chill. Like holding up their Jesus signs, like on a hill, like, yeah. <laughs> like what people do with UFOs on like skyscrapers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an Independence Day. Yeah, I, th- I think Jesus comes back the very second we figure out time travel. Probably. Oh wow! Because <laughs> that would just mess everything up for Jesus, then, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> I've back. never thought about this. That Honestly, you're rocking my mind. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, well, there's a crisis. What? <laughs> you know that I I haven't read into it much, but it seems like we're getting closer and closer to time travel. So that's not the craziest we'll thing. No, we won't ever get it. But there is a. I think there's a few. There's a few things floating around that are making us understand it better, like how you would warp time. I, I guess it can theoretically happen. I guess they. They've, they figured that out. That it, it, I mean, there's... Barry Allen can do it. That's true. The Flash. That is you true. You, let me tell you, John, you love The Flash. I saw half an episode yesterday, and I was like, I don't hate this. You were in it, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is actually really well written. Like, It's great, man. Very quick, very witty, very, like, um, lots of visual effects. I was like, this is, like, really well produced. Like, just yes. huge. It is for the a best TV of the show. DC. I think so, um, Yeah. Oh series. yeah, you know I've watched I've watched like four or five episodes of Arrow, and I was like, if I never watch another episode of this in my life, I will be okay. happy. Here's but, the thing with Arrow, it but gets the thi- better. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with the Flash is, I saw ten minutes, and I was like, yeah. I kind of want to finish this episode, you know? Yeah. Which is that definitely not true of most DC shows, right? And well, I, I, Arrow was the first one that they put out, so that was. Uh, some trial and error in there, and right, yeah. You know, Arrow has his limitations as far as being a true superhero. Well, I'm just kidding. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's another Batman, like yeah. You're, you're already so got he's one another of those. Batman. 
Yeah. He has a, he has a superpower. Who? Does he? Buried. No, not not the No, flag. the arrow. Oh, arrow. arrow. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Oliver Queen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just kept thinking about Barry Allen. <laughs> He's a rich kid with like tactical strategy, you know. Yeah, right. Well, that's very, true. Yeah. He is very just much like Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's so. just like Bruce Wayne, yeah. And that yeah. show is produced very like Batman Begins ish, you know. When you watch it, you're like, this is like Batman Begins. Well, because he goes through the whole uh, what's the yes the uh, League of Assassins yes. or whatever. Exactly. Azagul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Um, oh, um, they yeah. wanted us to sing uh, part of High School Musical. Well, do we want to talk Which about? I'm in. Do we want to talk? Wait, what? You're in High School Musical? Well, you know, I just meant like mentally. Oh, well, do you want to talk about the next part of their question for this one, or do you want to go back to the first question, or do you want to go sing, or what are we gonna do? Um, I, I, feel, I don't. It's it's just a very different topic, so I think it would take us on a, which we may actually this get top to later. One? Oh, that, that's a great question. Right, not this one. What about the top one? Right. Oh. Well, the top oh. one. Let's hit that after. Let's sing and then hit the top question and then go back into the oh, series. I didn't realize there was, I'm. There I'm really three. excited about that top question. They pretty top much gave question? us 14 questions. Thank you, Sarah and Kylie. Oh. Yeah. There's okay. there's a bunch in there. Okay. Uh, we'll just have to do that speed round or something. Yeah. <laughs> no discussion. Just speed round. Go. Okay. Um. Okay. So Sarah and Kylie have asked us to sing. Um. In honor we're of High School this. Musical 4 coming out, a little bit of We're All in This Together. So the three of us are going to sing the chorus to We're All no, in This Together. I'm, I'm going to have to bow out of this one. I've never seen the movie. Oh, Jonathan. Uh, he's lying. It's his favorite movie. I do know. Some, I know it goes, I, we're all in this together. Right? So oh, you're like, already, you're good to that's go. That's all I know. That's literally, I, that's, John, give him the lyrics. I only know that. <laughs> give him some lyrics. <laughs> we're all in this together. Once we know that we, we are, are we're all stars, and we see that. More? Are we done? Nah. Cool. Moving on. Yep. Um. So I'm gonna read the next question. Okay. Um. Here are the members of your zombie apocalypse team. Speaking of apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. The protagonist of the last three books you read or shows mm. you watched. Who is on oh perfect? And are you okay? Let me just say, um, I don't read a lot. I am reading a book right now that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in the show, but I'm going to go all TV shows. I don't know about you guys, but... Yeah, I'll, I'm going to do TV shows. I have to think of what I watch. Right. If we include the Bible, Satan would be one, but that's just too easy, so... <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> Wait, did you just say <laughs> Satan is the protagonist of the Bible? No, he uh, of a book you read. <laughs> oh, Oh, I'm protagonist. My bad. I missed Pro- that. Yeah, protagonist. I, I read it as antagonist. Okay. I was like, what? I was like, Jonathan, if you think that Satan is the protagonist of the Bible, <laughs> we need to sit down and have a lot of conversations. <laughs> we need to end this I think... early, and then we need to have a conversation. <laughs> we need to get okay. coffee and talk about that. Okay, who wants to go it. first? I will. Okay, go for it, John. Okay, so the last three shows I watched was House of Cards season four. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. so I will take uh, Robin Wright's character. <laughs> No, no, you get, you, no way, you get Frank. You don't get Robin, right? Uh, you haven't seen season four. Okay. So I choose, I choose her. I'm sticking my tongue out at you. That's okay. Um, so I choose her, um, and then I watched Arrow, I binged Arrow. <laughs> so I guess, I guess I have Oliver Queen, and then the one before that is I binged The Flash, so I get Barry Allen, too. All right, well, I mean, Claire's kind of a weak asset, but I think you're going to be okay. 
I don't know. Claire could, like, sweet-talk someone. By sweet-talk, I mean, like, literally just take them down with her words. You know, these are zombies, John. I don't think they're going <laughs> to yeah. react to the first lady talking about She's be like, can you mean wait a things. Yeah. <laughs> no, but have you seen the picture from Wonder Woman that they released with Robin Wright in it? Yeah, I hated it. I'm sorry. Oh my like, gosh, I loved it. I was... I, I, did you see the sneak peek for Wonder Woman? Uh, maybe. I, see, but you... It looks see, terrible. You're in the mindset, you want to hate all things DC, I think. Yeah, but I've always hated Wonder Woman. Like, everything I know about her from the comics, I also hate. And I just noticed that Sarah's photo for her email is Wonder Woman. Well, as I was talking about this, I looked up and I was like, hey... Yeah, so you just offended her. That's Wonder you Woman. You just lost a, uh, a listener. Sorry, Sarah, but I've always hated Wonder Woman. And I think that they... I, nope, it's a spiel. I'm not going to get into it. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't like the photo. I don't know. My if um Batman versus Superman is not a huge box office success, like I think Justice League is gonna have a lot of trouble getting going. Like that movie has to do well for how much they have like in the I mean, pipeline. They've, they've had the biggest opening in March, so Oh good for them. They need to Ever, keep it up though. Right? Yeah. I think they will. I hope so. Like kind of. <laughs> your, your pessimism on this is oh, it's getting to me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's subtle pessimism. I'm not trying right. to put them down. It's not subtle at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jonathan, your turn. All right. Um, one of these you may not have heard of. It's a, uh, it's a TV show on BBC. Uh, it's called The Night Manager. Hmm. And, uh, any listeners out there, please check this out. <laughs> it is amazing. It's Tom Hilston is in it. He's the, the protagonist. So uh, he plays a guy named Jonathan Pine. Um, anyway, he goes undercover. Hugh Laurie, Laurie from House is the oh. pro uh, antagonist, and he is a gun runner. Um, it's, a, it's an excellent, excellent show. I love Tom Hilston anyway. Um, <laughs> Who don't? Yeah, right? Who don't? But, uh, so his character, Jonathan Pine from The Night Manager. Yeah. Um, I'm really into eleven twenty two sixty three. Are you? Yes. I started reading the hey, book. Hey, I started the pilot. It's really good. Um, it, this is probably one of James Franco's best roles since Pineapple Express. Oh my God, Jonathan, do you love Pineapple Express? I do love Pineapple. Oh, Express. Oh yes, it's so good. Yeah, I'm so That's happy. One of the funniest right movies I've ever seen. Yep, same. It's uh, so good. But uh, so his role in that, Jake Epping, and then it would be. The story I'm struggling with because I know what TV show I've watched. It was the uh, my wife and I watch the People versus OJ Simpson. Oh, oh yeah, who's the? And oh. I, I don't know who. It might be Marsha Clark. I guess, but like in real life, nobody really liked her. Right. Um. Plus, I wouldn't necessarily want her on my zombie apocalypse team. I don't know if you have a choice. <laughs> you don't have a choice, Jonathan. <laughs> All right, well, then I guess... Mar- she'd, be I guess like a, she'd be like a Robin Wright character. She would talk to the zombies. I guess so. She's very <laughs> smart, so... I guess we need that, but... Okay, I think I think John would probably live, but I don't know if you would, Jonathan. This doesn't sound good. Tom Hiddleston Tom was Hiddleston. the boss in that, in that... But is it, like, Supernatural show, or is he just, like, a normal guy? No, he's he's like a MI5 guy, kind of. Okay. He... Very James Bondish. The, oh, the, the yeah. The TV yeah. show is very James Bondish. So he might be bondage, able to keep you alive. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Bondish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bondish. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you'll stay alive then. 
Yeah. I, I'll, I, just, I'll literally just say, walk behind him and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm screwed. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, one of my characters was going to be that uh, 11, 20 to 60, oh. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. but yeah. then I saw something else, so he got kicked out of the, the three bracket. But mine are um, Frank Underwood, because the last thing that I watched was season three of House of Cards, so yeah. it's very funny that yours was season four. But your yeah. character I mean, is different from realistically, mine. it should be Frank Underwood. Oh, okay, well, for me at least, I can easily say that Frank is the protagonist. But you know, I don't yeah. know where season four is going. So I got Frank. I got the president of the United States. Um, <laughs> my <Spoilers>. next one. <laughs> oh, oh seen God! Season one and two by now. That's right. There's a, there's a two year window there. I think you get. Oh gosh, yeah. Sorry, whoever hasn't heard it. My second one is. Um, well, I just blanked it. Who is it? Oh, it's um, Will Forte in The Last Man on Earth because he's the lead in that show, um, which is a hilarious show if you guys have not seen it. But um, I have. I'm not fully caught up, but uh, it's it's really well done. It's so well done, and I, I I just jumped in like I watched like four episodes somewhere in the middle of the second season, so I'm not following it, but I was watching it. and I was like, this is so well made, but it's um, very Will Forte, isn't it? It is, yeah, and and Will I feel Forte, like I'm watching MacGruber a little bit, a little bit, but it's much better than MacGruber. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The writing is, is significantly better. Yeah, it's it's like a joke a minute, and it's so witty and fast. But the whole the whole plot of like Last Man on Earth is that Will Forte like screws everything up. Like the Last Man on Earth is about somewhat of an apocalypse, and Will Forte is like the in Gilligan's Island, like he is Gilligan, you know, like he is the problem. He's constantly the problem in the situation, so mm. he's pretty much useless. Um, though my one uh, saving grace would have to be Leslie Nope, and I just finished. Yeah. I just finished uh, Parks and Rec like two nights oh. ago, and I was a mess. Let me tell you guys, I was I just know. like sitting down, like sobbing, and I was like, <laughs> "This is so sad." <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's so sad. But um, she'd be great in the apocalypse, <laughs> right? She's she's made for it. So I think that Will Forte would be dicking around, and I would be scared, and Frank Underwood would be trying to kill all of us, and then yeah. Leslie Nope would be the only person to look to as our savior. I I don't I don't <laughs> think I would make it. <laughs> well, of our three, if our three teams were pitted against each other, I know that wasn't the oh, question. But oh my God, John's team would just wipe us off the planet. Bond it together. Well, then we would just be the Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. Frank you know. um, no. Underwood would be Rick Grimes. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, but if if all of our th- if all of our three groups faced off against one another, which group wins? John's John's I by a long shot. Leonard. Yeah, <laughs> but that's only because I have those. The superheroes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you did, it's you not did, fair right? at you all. Drop. Yeah. He's got the flash and the arrow running around just taking well, everybody out. They would just they would just cure the zombie apocalypse in a matter of yeah, what, hours. Yeah. That's true. Thank you, John, for having a good team. So welcome, guys. You saved, saved us all. World. <laughs> um Okay. So this Shall we? Oh. the last part of their question is um This is a topic I love, so here we go. If heaven is on earth, the people who have passed away, they say we will see them again. That's like biblical talk in uh, Sarah and Kylie's email. The Bible says that people who pass away, you know, you will see again. Um, And then it says, do you think that they will come back and that we would see them? So basically, 
we talk a lot on this show about um if heaven if heaven is coming to earth what does that mean you know in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of like um when people die and what afterlife looks like uh i have an opinion but you guys can go first uh, it, is she referring to the thousand year reign or is this post um final battle this is a TV show, isn't it? <laughs> What's that? No. No, it's not. But <laughs> um, I think she's just talking about the general when all concept. When said and done, and heaven Yeah. Is okay, so just... When, okay. When all said and done. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think that wherever everyone ends up when we die, I do think we'll see uh, the people that we, we've known. Um, I don't know what that will really look like, but, you know, I, I do mm-hmm. believe that we're all kind of going to the same place. So I think inevitably we'll be with the ones that we're, cl- we're closest to. Okay. That's what about, about what about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I, there's, I don't think there's a reason to believe otherwise. I think that uh-huh. Jesus is going to, you know, he is the ruler of heaven on earth. Why would we not? see them um if it gives you any well i guess that's before that but um yeah i mean i feel like jesus is a is a loving god um uh i feel like that would you know i i don't see i don't see (laughs) such a controversial Uh, you know opinion right there wait jesus Um, is loving yeah. Why not? Really? Like, wait. What would, what would be the reason that we wouldn't? I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much of an uh, much of an opinion on that. I guess. I, I just. I guess I've always assumed that that is what happens. Right. So. It better be. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. some people. I don't want to get there and everyone's strangers. I gotta. I gotta say a few things to some people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bone to pick with my grandpa. Princess Diana, we're talking to you. <laughs> Tell us, was there a scandal? Was it a cover-up? Did you die in the tunnel? Were you murdered? Um, I guess this this might be weird, but um, when people talk about seeing, you know, like uh, friends and family that that pass on, every time that somebody says that, I'm always like, well, maybe I'm not really. I don't really know if that's the case, and I don't. I don't. Um. I don't count on it. Like, I don't count on seeing people I know that have passed away. And, um, and it's the same for, like, when people, when people are like, well, that's a great question. Ask God when you get to heaven. You know, like, I'm always like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Like, I just, I really believe that we think about it in such, like, simple terms. And I'm like, I don't think that you're going to be, like, Oh, there's my mom, you know, when you get to heaven. I think it's going to be very, like, the connectiveness of humanity will just be so widespread that the same person that is my mother will be the guy that I never met standing right next to her. And I just, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. And I don't, it doesn't bother me that I don't know whether I will know people in in an afterlife that I, uh, that I knew on earth. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, 
I, I had something else to add to that. I'm not I'm not exactly sure where I was going to go with it, but I don't I don't count on seeing people that have passed away, like people that I know that have passed away, or it, like in the same way that you that you view them here. Right. I I don't know that I would recognize them or I would know them. I don't think that that's going to even really matter in heaven, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I think that's scary, like from a human perspective and a finite perspective. Um, yeah, but once we get to heaven, I, I, I don't think that that's going to matter. I that's, sorry. Actually, it's a beautiful thing, really, that it doesn't matter. That's what I know? think. Yeah. Um, I mean, biblically, I just, I just kind of looked up something. Um, I, I remember David, when he lost his son, it was, and I looked it up, it was in Second Samuel 12. Oh my God, this is my favorite story. Oh, it's a good one. It's so good. Um, when David's infant child died, he, and this, the verse says, I shall go to him. But he shall not return to me. Um, and there's some other like context within there, but it, it, David, you know, I, it seems like he he expected to see his son again in heaven. You know, and not just a, yeah. a, a, this specific uh, blog or um, uh, writer uh, suggests that not just a nameless, faceless soul without an identity, but that very child. So, mm. I mean, that that would be great if that was the case. Um, and we did kind of have some type of connection. Um, but again, if, if you're in heaven, you're not really going to care anyway. Right. I don't. Whether or not it is or not. I like you we will. Well, I mean, you're, there's no pain. There's care. no sorrow. Right. There's no, there's none of that. So there's no disappointment. There's not, you know, so you're, you're not going to be disappointed if you don't. Right. Because it's all that's gone. Exactly. I, I do think that that's true. And I think that if you I truly... I think that downplays relationships, though, now. Like, what's the point That's a of, good point. Yeah, that's oh, a really good point. What's the point of our lives and how much we, you know, pour into people and all the connections we feel? Um, I feel like it would be almost for nothing if, you know, and whatever happens next, we well, feel it. And I agree with you, John. I think that we will. Like, wouldn't you want to, like... This is yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to see Beth? And you know, well, that... that's one of Beth's biggest fears is that we won't be married in heaven. <laughs> I I promised her that that we will be. Yeah. So that's one of her biggest fears. Um, well, it's probably just the idea that you know, right? Yeah, they'll be. It won't be the same. That's yeah. so fascinating. But yeah, I I definitely think that. Well, the hope is that it'll the, be better. The connection right. that we feel on like a soul level, I think that that continues on whatever that looks like. I'm not sure, but I guess like <clears throat> I, you know, if you are to look at look at all these people who were sons and daughters of you know God, like they're all they're all getting this inheritance with God. Then when they get to heaven, it's like, well, if he's a son and I'm a son, then he's my brother. And if she's a daughter and I'm a son, then she's my sister. And there's just that connectivity between everybody. And there is, like, there is this immense, like, connection between people that is not based on experience. And it's yeah. not like there there are no connections. It's just, like, widespread connection with everybody. Um, well, one of my favorite books that I've read, and this is, honestly, it's, it's a cheesy book. Um, but it was, I read it in a time of my life that my father had just passed away. Um, and you, you know, you just some, at times you just need that reassurance mm -hmm. of mm. hope and totally. things like that. So I read Ninety Minutes in Heaven. I've heard about this. Okay. It's it's a good book. Like it's a it, book. it's it's a a man's experience with 
dying in a, in a car accident, um, going to heaven for what he seemed to think was about 90 minutes, and then returning to his body, and, and they, they brought him back to life, essentially. Um, and he, you know, he struggled with, with kind of sharing this with people just out of the fear that they would just be like, you're, you're crazy because (laughs) I mean, that would be the easy thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily have an opinion if that happened to him one way or the other, but, um, I'm going to take it as true because I don't, there's, unless he's just trying to sell a book, you know, um, there'd be no real reason to do that. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't do that, you know? And, uh, by all by all accounts, this, this man was a you know a, a very strong believer in in, in God and, and in His Word and all that. Um, anyway, he he goes on to say in his recollection of his time you know in heaven um, that he did recognize people from Earth and that mm-hmm. they right. greeted him. Yeah, I believe that's what the, I believe that is. I, I read this. This was seven eight years ago now, but um, you know that they greeted him. And, uh, you know, when he, whatever, entered the pearly gates or came into heaven. So you've got that hope at least. It's with, um, with books like that, I'm always like, I don't, I know, or not, I know, but I believe those things to be true, but it's like, what variation, like what, what version or interpretation is like being put into their mind like is that the end is that the end heaven or is that something that he is like foreseeing envisioning like what heaven will be like in a way that is emotional and understanding with him like is god putting this idea in his head like this is what this is what you can look forward to and and it's easy to understand he's like i know these people i know this feeling i i feel connections you know and it's like i'm not saying that i would never say that things like that are wrong but i would say like in what way is it true? And I do think that, like, in this world, people people that have passed away can, like, you know, touch touch people here who are still alive. And I do think, you know, like, him being still alive, it's like, well, maybe, well, he was kind of dead. See, that's, see, there's the, it's just such a gray line. It's a very fascinating line. But it's like, he still is kind of here. And he's, like, having these connections to people that have left. And I think that that's a very that's a very uh, real thing that can happen to people. Yeah, I, I think too. I, I, obviously, there's you have the, your doubts and your um, questions about about that. You know, you're not quite sure if it's real or what the motivation is behind that. But assuming that that could happen, I mean, are you going to put God in that box? You know, yeah, exactly. That could easily happen, like because God can literally do anything and, and everything that he wants to. So theoretically, yes, that, that, you know, that, that that's a legitimate thing that could happen. So, um, and, you know, I think it's, it's dangerous from our perspective to say, no, nah, this was an entertaining book to read, but I just simply don't believe it because that would never happen. Right. Simply because we don't understand it. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be like, um, oh, it's entertaining, but that wouldn't happen. Like you said, like, I believe in, in, you know, a very powerful God, like anything could happen, but how would he want it to happen? You know, like how, how does he want it to happen? And it's like, yeah, I mean, he could do that, but is that what he would want to do? Well, as long as it doesn't go against his character and who he is, then it's it's a possibility. 
Right. So. Should we move on? Yes. Okay. Fire round <clears throat> for the last question. Trump is elected as president. Would you flee to Canada? John, why don't you go? I mean, realistically, no. Mentally, would I want to? Yes. But, no. I mean, I think everyone says that they would, but we'd be okay. Yeah, we really would. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but yeah, I uh, we'd make it. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm. I would like to. Like that'd be yeah. You know what? Screw. It, let's go to Canada type thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds that sounds great, but no. I mean, it's you know, I think anybody that threatens that is is just really talking kind of out of their butt. Right. Um, I would good agree. for the people that do though. It's, you know? just, <laughs> it's just a way to express that like yeah. we don't want him. Right. Um, right, but and like we would rather literally pick up and move to a different country yeah. than to have him run. Where I will, I will say, Mathis, though, that I, I I'm the one who posed that question last week about yeah, you were, and, and, <laughs> or not. and uh, so we have we have a lot of similarities in, in our tastes, political tastes, spiritual things, you know, all of that. Um, but that's actually one area where I tend to disagree with you on is that, um, and this is probably not a popular opinion, but I cannot stand Trump so much that I would completely deviate from my party. And I, if I was forced to do it, if I was right. forced to, you're probably not going to vote though, are you? In, in the, in the general election, I'm not voting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just not like, I'm, I'm, ob- I am observing that right that was fought for. I mean, I, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm observing that right that was given to me, that mm-hmm. freedom to not vote if that's the case. But if I was forced to vote, I would vote for Hillary. And so I think that there. I think that it's a really uh, it's a really weak argument in either person's case. So like you saying that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. I'm like, well, they're both very terrible people. So I'm. I just feel I, I just feel like you know what we've endured eight. You know, and, uh, Obama was whatever. He's fine. Um, I don't necessarily agree with him on a lot of a lot of issues, but like, has he hurt the, the country? Like. In a massive way in his eight years, no. Anybody that tells you that he has or is just indignant, you know, they're just they're ignorant of the facts. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Obama guy by any means, but I'm okay with the past eight years. My life has gone well, you know. I would be okay with another four to eight years of that with Hillary potentially. I you just don't know what you would get with Trump, and I feel that his foreign policy and the way that he alienates people. Uh, that would scare me a little bit. Yeah. That that's what I would worry about the most as far as uh, um, uh, him becoming president is his dealings with like foreign dignitaries and foreign powers. I've um I've thought about this question a lot. Like, what would it take to actually leave the country? And I kind of have just settled on like it would take so much for me to actually leave the country because no matter like no matter the situation of the rest of the world I don't know if you guys would agree but like the United States is still the strongest country in the world like on so many respects like the economy is rough but it's r- much more rough everywhere else and like the government isn't in a great place but I mean it's not in good places anywhere else and like the opportunities liberties like this is the best country to live in right now i i still believe that and if if trump or anybody else 
who was worst became president, like it would have to be so bad before I wanted to leave the country. There, there would have there, to be a zombie apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if there you're John, you're fine. Apocalypse. But if you're if you're Mathis or I, you we would bounce really fast. Bye. <laughs> Bye, police. No more zombies. <laughs> okay. Oh well. To to cap off Sarah and Kylie's email, I don't remember when they asked, but they asked a few weeks ago to come up with a nickname for John. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw one out there. I think it's pretty great. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Here we go. You don't have to drum roll, but I'm going to pretend like the whole world's drum rolling right now. And Johnny Talk Show. What is it? Johnny Talk Show. Johnny Talk Show? Yes. Or Talk Show Johnny. I'm still bouncing back for back and forth between the two. I kinda like when we talked about me being uh uh Jonah Hill. Do you want your nickname to be Hot Jonah Hill? Or just Jonah. <laughs> No! <laughs> Just call me Jonah. No, that was a joke that should die. Like, I cannot, like, deprecate I, your your person that much to call you Jonah every time for a nickname. I mean, we don't actually have to call each other this. That's true. If you do want to go by I Jonah, just, in theory, I would never use it. Yeah, or just... Jonah Thrill. Thrill. Jonah Thrill. Jonah, Jonah Thrill. Thrills. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. (laughs) So, I don't um, know. I don't really like Johnny Talk Show. I'm sorry. That's fine. I love it. I'm going to live with it for a little while before I give it up. Okay. Just going to pretend like you loved it, too. And be like, wow. Mathis, I loved it. (laughs) I feel like John's last name is just ripe for... Right, but we didn't want to use it because it's such a, like... It's such an easy thing that says nothing about his, like, personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes. Johnny Johnny Talk Show, like, makes him sound like a superhero. <laughs> like an Doesn't... Oprah kind of superhero. Ooh, just call me Oprah. I'd be fine with that. I don't want to call you Oprah. We, we should know. Forget the nicknames. He's just, just a symbol. Right. Like Prince. <laughs> like... He just needs a, a symbol. Get rid Jonah. of your artist's name and go symbol. Just go Jonah. That's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> All right, Jonah. We'll call you Jonah. Thanks. As long as you name your kid Jonah. Oof, maybe. Come on. All of it or none of it. No backing out. Okay, fine. Yes. Okay, what's next? I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? You guys want to talk about Easter? Uh, yeah, that's fine. We're almost at an hour and a half, so we should probably just pick one more topic and then... Well, if we're going to talk one more topic, then I feel like we should do Easter. I think so, too. I think there's a lot there. Yeah, there is. Um, so, today, the day we're recording this episode is Easter, so happy Easter, John and Jonathan, and yes. happy belated Easter to everybody who's going to hear this on Tuesday. I hope you had a, a great Easter. Um, I would really love to talk about Easter because for one holidays are very fascinating to me, but, um, for two, 
I I had a really, really great Easter, and I have to say that I have never said that ever in my life. And I think it's because um, I've never really liked holidays. And like, for example, um, I think after the, the wow factor of presents, like when I was six years old, you know, like after that kind of factor wore off, I was like, I don't really care for Christmas. Um, and the same goes for, for Easter or, I mean, Thanksgiving, like I, I really don't care about, um, but I went to church today and the pastor said something that I thought was incredibly true. And it did not, uh, it did not stick out until I was talking to someone about my own personal standing on holidays after the service. But he said like, you know, um, these types of holidays are great for celebrating, he's specifically most mostly talking about Christmas and Easter, but he's like, these holidays are so good for celebrating the friends and the family in your life, but you need to develop, like, personal connections to these holidays and what they actually mean deep inside of you, like your own personal connection to the holiday outside of anybody else in your life. And I think that that is very very profound and very true like his his whole message today was um you know by the by the premise that you know Jesus comes to earth and he makes himself god on earth and he brings something to this planet that all humans can tap into he is making us like him and his resurrection from death is a resurrection that we can have in all of our own lives. Like by making himself, by making, you know, him himself a man, he is putting, he's putting like a power inside of you that, you know, did not exist before. And I was like, that's such a, that's a very fascinating idea. Like to really become aware of your own resurrection. And, you know, as he continued to talk about it, he talked about how you can constantly make things in your life new and you can constantly be mm -hmm. in a state of refreshment and a constant state of becoming who you want to be. And that is a resurrection of like being, um, getting beyond the things that constantly hold you back. Like, like you go after a dream and it dies, God can resurrect a dream inside of you and you can go after that dream again, like things like that. And it was just a very, it was such a fascinating, um, such a fascinating service because I think my biggest problem is that holidays have never really meant anything to me. And I've like, I've been on that journey to make them mean something to me. And the other big thing, uh, I'll try to like skim over this really quickly because I've been talking for so long and I want to hear your guys' opinion on it, but, um, Jesus, in my mind, is the the weakest part of the Trinity in my own life. Like, I, I, you know, have a very sound knowledge of what the the Christian circle would consider uh, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus Christ. And uh, I've been in like a certain uh, journey lately to try to figure out like what those actually mean on a very true level for myself and each one has been um has taken some time to to really make true and authentic 
you know, so at first I was like, I, I have trouble seeing God as a father like that. That's a very difficult image. And, you know, I had to like uh, grow through that. And and I think that's a very beautiful thing now. And uh, this isn't this isn't entirely biblical, but I do see the Holy Spirit as like the mother figure of the Trinity. And I I feel like I have like fallen in love with the idea of that nourishment, that nurturing that caring power that is like brought to people. But like the, the, the difficult one is Jesus Christ. He's always been the most difficult, like to actually really love Jesus and the idea of Jesus. And I think the reason is because there is, there's so much mystical factor to God in the Holy spirit. It's like this very intangible, like you feel it in your heart and in your soul and in your mind and you're like it's out there it's real it's the creation it's it's the spirit flowing through everything it's amazing and then you got jesus who literally changes everything by becoming god in form on earth and he actually changes history and it's like that's not mystical that's real that's a tangible thing that actually happened like somebody who is all of that spirituality, who is God, is literally like coming here and making things different. And as a Christian, you know, your entire faith stems from what Christ does on earth. But, but it's crazy. Like there's, there's no, there's no, there's no mysticism to that in a way, you know, it's just very like, uh, cut and dry, like, like, uh, God's on earth and he dies for your sins, you know. He brings he brings the heaven to earth. He brings the spirit into your your heart. And and I think that's what I struggle with so much that there that's just so like either you believe it or you don't because it happened, you know. Like there's record of it happening and it's like do do you believe that that's what he was doing here? Do you believe that that's the person that he was? And I don't know. Sorry for sorry for talking so much, but that's my spiel. No, it sounds like you it sounds like you got a lot out of it. It was yeah, it was just a really fascinating Easter. Did you guys uh what was your Easter like? <laughs> well, we went to uh, we went to our church, um Jonathan and Beth's church. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it was uh it was good. Um it was a fairly standard Easter type of service. Um, honestly, to say I grasped anything new or exciting from it, um, I probably have to say that I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make it a, a bad sermon. Um, so I don't really have much opinion on it today. I know John does. Um, and he's Right, actually. I, it, when it was said at the time, I didn't really think about it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, sure. But uh, <laughs> we were discussing with my wife a little bit earlier, um, and uh, John brought up a good point about something that he said, so I'll I'll just pass that along to John. Great. <laughs> um, I, oh, I don't go to church often. I think people know that. Um, and when I do, yeah. it's a very it's a very isolating experience to be honest because yeah i just don't connect to really anything and it makes and it's a really hard thing to not connect with because it's something i connected with for so long 
and then to go and see everyone connect to this common thing and then I'm by myself feeling something very different it mm-hmm. really it's hard not to think badly about yourself in a sense um so it's it's always really hard for me to go especially on like an important church day like Easter you know it's all very it's a celebration about Christ's resurrection and then like I have all the thoughts I have and it's like what's wrong with me um but the there's two things that the pastor said that really I don't know I'll just say I I wouldn't say they it just made me think. And the first thing mm. was that at the end he was saying that, you know, the Christ's message is simple and, you know, we can't, we shouldn't make it really, we shouldn't complicate it really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was really hard for me because I think nothing about, um, you know, Christ is simple. And honestly, I right. don't want anything to be simple when it comes to Christ or when it comes to God and, and I don't really want to believe in a simple God. And I think that when we simplify it that much, like that's when we start seeing the oppression and that's when we start really forming teams, um, which is what I really don't enjoy about our society today with, in regards to religion is we form teams because we think it's simple. And the people that don't agree with our simple opinion are in the wrong. Um, and so I, I I had a lot of trouble with that. And then the second thing he said was he was saying, you know, at the end they always talk about, you know, everyone can have, you know, this gift that Christ gives in his resurrection. He said that, um, you know, Christ died for you and me. Christ overcame for you and me. And when we believe, Christ wraps his arms around us. And I can't even tell you the sadness that I felt when he said that because... For me, I picture Christ as whether we believe in him or not, that he is always wrapping his arms around us. Absolutely. And it hurt me to hear that he thought that only if we believe that Christ... And he didn't specifically say, like, only if you believe Christ wraps your arms around us, but that was the the message that he said. And, you know, I think it's... Obviously, if people have listened to it, they know that I think it's very complicated but right um, it, it just it made me sad because i think that if we're going to talk about the whole idea of christ and his resurrection and the grace that comes with it that i think it should encompass everyone and it, i really felt like the the loser at the pop like in the cafeteria at the popular sitting table, at the right yeah. i wasn't even at the popular table. i was on the other side of the room <laughs> you know people were like chucking tots at me um <laughs> So I don't I don't know. It's it's always a very rough time when I John got some spiritual wedgies today. I got some spiritual wedgies. Oh, I love that <laughs> phrase. I got, I got dunked I got dunked in the toilets, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it I just, it, it hurts me. It really does and I it's really hard to explain because Well, that that is the one one of the things that really is a shame in my opinion about about the church is that and I I go to church every Sunday. It's something that I desire to do. Uh, which, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, is, is somewhat of a new occurrence. Um, but aside from that, I mean, just the the church's ability to really reach beyond these borders and barriers that the church themselves have put up um, 
is really disheartening. Uh, so I agree with John there. Like it's, you, know, you go to church and it's this, it is this thing that, that, that you do every Sunday, especially here in the South, man. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody goes to church and right. it's, so it's very, there's nothing special about it. Um, every Sunday is, you know, just the same thing. There's, you know, uh, I was actually disappointed uh, honestly, last week in our church, when uh, we had there was a baptism, and uh, I was—I mean, I was feeling just really like excited for this guy. I was like, "Man, like this is this is awesome!" And, and I've never really like felt that way about a baptism before. And uh, I mean, just the lack of celebration—like um, it's almost just become a yeah. It's it just this thing yeah, that you do on a that is sad. basis, and nothing is special about it. And there's no real, you know, outreach, like, you know, you do these things as a church because you're supposed to do them as a church. At least that's how I feel. Um, you know, there's this excitement in the spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is not necessarily moving within the church body, not our church specifically. I'm just saying in general, um, that seems to be missing at a lot of churches. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily know whose fault that is, if it's, church leaderships if it's uh um just i mean especially down here everybody's a christian everybody is saved um you know because that's just just how the south is it's very it's a religious place it's in the bible belt people believe you know that they're they're saved when they in my opinion really oftentimes are not um anyway like this baptism it was supposed to be it should be the celebration this is just one example and it was just this half-hearted kind of thing that went on. You know, at the end of the service, um, the pastor invited, you know, the church down to, 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 to meet the guy in the front. And I had never met him before. So, you know, and sure, and, and I kind of just knew just from the the atmosphere that, that was going on. Like, people clapped for him. Yay, you know, we're happy. Yay, we have another another one on our team type thing. Right. Um well, that's great, but you know, at the, at the end of the service, when the pastor invites him up, like ten people, like went up there and like encouraged him to talk to him. Like, what is that? You know, that's very discouraging to to see from I mean, from my church. Ten people, you mean? There was like ten, fifteen people out of the entire congregation that went up there, shook his hand. I mean, I just I went up there. And I'm like, Matt, I'm like, I, like I tell you all the time. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers hug. Yeah. I gave the guy a hug because <laughs> he's a brother, you know, and I, I just want him to do, want him to feel welcome into not not even the church, man, but just the body, the body of God. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's great that you got baptized, but like discipleship needs to happen now, you know, and, and that's lacking in a lot of churches. Um, yeah. People are afraid, and I'm guilty of this, and I and this is something that I even struggled with today. Um, there was a ton of new people there and I wanted to do my part and go and kind of greet somebody that I'd never seen before and just welcome and say, Hey, you know, I hope you're having a good day. Thanks for coming with us today, you know, being here with us. And, you know, but I, I kind of like froze and chickened out and didn't do that. And, uh, so I'm a part of that problem as well, but you know, I think that's a big issue within the church and it's just this lackadaisical attitude towards mm-hmm. everything that is very, very off putting for a lot of people. Uh, so I get where John is coming from. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it the church just needs to do a better job of 
not being so churchy, I guess. I mean, I don't even know what the answer is, but I just, I know that there needs to be change and that change is only going to be found in the spirit moving within the body. Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the South is a very religious place, but it's not a very spiritual place. I think there's just this, like this callousness that is building up in a large amount of like the, the American Christianity. It's just like, it's just losing its lifelessness. And, um, and I, I think that it's, you know, it's actually really natural because humans are so prone to their habits and their rituals and their routines. Like they get so stuck in what they do on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. It's just like they're hitting the beats, they're living their life, they're going, going, going. And it's easy for church to become another element of that. It's like, okay, well, we go to church, we sing the song, we read the we read the verse, we shake hands, we leave, you know, like it's what's ironic about that though is that the the exact person that we worship and praise was not that way. Not you at know, all. He was no. not um stagnant and uh what's the word that you use? Um uh, we just do it every week. Mm. What's that called? <laughs> Do the same thing over and over. Uh, okay, well that. Um, <laughs> Jesus was not that. Repetition. No. Repetitive. Yeah, repetitive. Repetitive. I mean, right. Yeah. I, whatever you said earlier right, worked better, but yeah, that idea is that you know Jesus was not like that. He was not predictable. Um, you know, it wasn't this thing that you know, we, in church you just go to every week and do and go home and that's great. Okay. You, you know, it's from 1030 until 1145. Every exactly. Sunday. Like yeah. it's this block of time that we take out of our week. That's very predictable and everything about that is predictable. You know, that you're going to, you're going to sing, you're going to give some money, you're going to take communion, you're going to listen to a sermon, right. you're going to sing again. Like it's so predictable. And I, I get the frustrating part of that for, for many people. Um, it's not necessarily frustrating for me, but I would like that to change for other people. So I do take that to heart. Uh, but Jesus was, was not predictable. You know, he, he, he came and he challenged the way everything was done. The, you know? um, yeah. Something... So I, I just think that that doesn't portray. No, it doesn't. You know, the church doesn't portray Jesus how, in my opinion, he should be portrayed at all. Especially if you, if you just go and get the example from the early church. Like, yeah. they had it down pretty well, in my opinion. Like, the early church really knew how to get down and do some important work. You know, now, we ba- we barely feed each other, man, let alone going out there and, re- and reaching, reaching others. Yeah. The, the, ch- the And, you know, there is that, that proneness in humanity to go into the habit, but it is like the church's responsibility. It is your responsibility as a God-believing person, to not let the habit get the better of you. And it's, you have to be alive. And going off of, um, this kind of answers what John was saying about, like, um, you know, um, just open your heart to God and he will wrap your his arms around you. Or the idea of, like, um, what you were saying, Jonathan, like, um, Jesus is not... Jesus is not, you know, repetitious, like something, something that one of the pastors in church said today, she, so she got up in front of 
the congregation and she was like uh something 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 about Jesus and she was like what a scandalous love that Jesus gave us and that just like sent shivers down my spine because I was like it really is like it breaks all barriers there is no boundary to something like the way that he treated people and I you know I'm reading blue like jazz right now this podcast is going to go long and I can't talk about it right now but I am loving the book and there is a chapter in there that is about Jesus and it's sort of like once you separate yourself from the the church construct of it just what you've always been taught and you actually look at it and you just think about the type of man that he was it's like that is not a love that waits to act for humanity it was there and it was surrounding and it was like just penetrating all people and it is it's so scandalous because there are no rules to it it's alive and it's right. like joyful and what's crazy to me is that moving to LA like i had so many people who were like well you know mathis will be a satan worshipper in a year you know like i just got so much like so much like fear uh induced people whenever i told them i was moving to LA you know for the past like 4 or 5 6 years they were like well you just really need to be ready for your your faith to get hurt because, you know, people are – it's a dark place out there. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I'm out here, and I have never felt so much spirituality in any city that I've ever lived. Like, this place is, like, so alive and so looking for truth. And I go to church, and I feel these people are alive, you know, and they want – they want God so much. And I just – I laughed today like i was just laughing thinking about it i was like this is the place that everyone thought i was coming to worship satan and i have never had a good easter like i've never felt anything about easter really resonate with me like it was always yeah. like think about how much pain jesus went through for you like that was always my easter and i was like are you trying to make me cry? Because I'm crying right now. Thank you. Thank you for right. telling me about the nails and the spears and the thorns. Like, it's not about that. It's about that scandalous love. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, this This is what Easter should be about. Him making, him like just crushing everything and saying like, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. And there is nothing, there is nothing about ritual or repetition that is like, that is uh anything other than callous like there there's just love and i don't know it's just crazy but yeah that's that's awesome that that happens out there i think that you know again the south here is a little bit different because and maybe that's the problem maybe you know you're kind of ingrained it's ingrained in you out here you know and, and you started a very young age being involved with spiritual things or churches and it can become very very numbing um, for a long period of time. Right. Um, I was in that situation. Yeah. And so, you know, to see, uh, you know, to, to hear, I guess, that, that out in you know, California, it's a little bit different. Now, I wonder if that's because people maybe come to come to the Lord later on in life. So there's a little bit more of that excitement and, and realness to it. Right. You follow me? Yeah. And I do see a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of people who try a lot of things. And then find God out yeah. here for sure. But I also, you know, I'm friends with people who are so alive in the spirit and who who have like been been following God since they were like little children. Yeah. 
and it's just it's just like being in this area has just like pumped them up it's boosted them with so much like spiritual just power inside like no that's, this uh, uh, that's it's, awesome it's not it's not fake like it's not something that we just like sing about like um so um unlively it's like all around and it's it is very interesting you know like if you spend a lot of time uh in the south or in other places that are that are so by the book and then you're you hit a real spiritual encounter and you're like no this is not just something that i read in a book it's something real like that's what everybody's looking for they're just so caught up in the in the ritual of it you know yeah that's awesome John, you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> Sorry, I don't really have much to add. I'm sure your listeners want your opinion. I feel like they know my opinion. I, do. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, it's just hard for me to talk about Jesus in that way I, at this time in my life. Yeah. You know, so. Right, yeah. Do you agree, though, that like the church, like, is, that, is that part of the, the, the issue for you, then? Is that like the church just doesn't know, like, they're not doing it right, or is it? Do you have a problem with Jesus, like what Jesus represents? It's hard because that's what I feel like I, I relate church with Jesus. Yeah. So like it's kind of really hard to separate them at this so, point. Like the people that like like Christian people, like their typical like their views, their beliefs, their the way that they are. I mean, I'll admit like that's a stigma that the I mean, the majority of Christians have. Yes. Is that kind of, is that we when you talk about the church, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. And and that makes a lot of sense. It's hard for me because I feel like when we talk about Jesus, everyone sees Jesus so differently. And like when I hear like the church talk about Jesus, I think about a Jesus that died for some people and not all people. Yeah. Um, and so then I have like that baggage with it. And that's not something that, I don't know. And I think growing up, what you were saying, John, about, like, coming back again to that, like, just say yes and he'll wrap his arms around you. Like, mm-hmm. I I grew up with this withheld love that was, like, waiting for me to, like, pick the pieces up and then the love would come. You know, like, just get things right, just make your life better, and then all of God's love will pour on you. And that's what I feel like people ex- think of me, and I think that's what's hard. You know what I mean? And it's just so not true. Like, I have to get my life together, and I have to refocus my view to, you know, fit the churches, and then that's when God will come back to me. And I think it's it's just hard for me to reconcile, I guess. Absolutely. <clears throat> just puts a bitter taste in your mouth. It's, it's not true. It's God, or, yeah, all of God, so, like, Jesus included. It's very much... At least, like, I heard this today, and I, I believe this, like, before I heard it. It is, there is no withheld love if you are pressing into your spirituality. If you are constantly looking, there is nothing withheld, you know? You are you are trying for it, and and for that, there is love. It's, and that's not to say, like, if you don't try, you know, you don't, you don't see any love. But it's saying, like, as long as you are, like, pushing forward... Like the love is always poured out. There is nothing. There is nothing wrong with 
any spiritual standing that is like, um, you know, I have trouble with the church. I have trouble with the things that you're saying. There's nothing wrong with saying that if you are keep, if you are continuing to press into, into you spirituality, and I know that you continue to press into spirituality all the time. It's so important to you. And, you know, there is no withheld love for anybody that is acting in that way. And I don't know. They would, I think that the church, um, subconsciously would have you feel that way to, to kind of guilt trip you into action with that. Right. Well, we've almost made it two hours. We have. Yeah. Probably a little bit longer. You have, you have a third opinion on the, on the line. So probably <laughs> extended it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we need to, we need to like cap the show off with something that's a little like a little bit of like a mantra, you know, for your life, a little bit of a, like go on and, and, and take the world sort of feeling. I feel like we're in such a like dour state right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to like, we need to go somewhere else with this. Where do you want to go? I don't know, but I can hear it in your voice that you want to go somewhere else with this. <laughs> no, I'm Okay. I just got very introspective this time. So. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah sad, we have sad John over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm doing sad John. Here, so. uh, I just imagine you in a dead stare, like a thousand miles away. That's literally what I've been. So. And then, and then when, when you're done talking, he just looks up and goes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I just don't want to leave. I just don't want to leave us in in a bad place. That's why I was just making sure. Blair, what, why don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad place. John's okay. in Nashville this week. Why don't we give a quick rundown of all the fun stuff we're gonna do? Yeah, what are you guys Real doing? Quick. You're there for the whole week, yeah? Whole week, the whole man. week. Uh, like, he chose to actually spend time with us. Like his <laughs> parents left him here. Can you believe it? Like he chose to be here. I chose this for his spring break. This is your spring break, right? Yeah. No, no it's pressure, but you better have a good time. Yeah, that's, ah, gross. Okay. So, uh, rundown. I don't even really, I just know one thing that we're oh, doing. Oh, John just knows one thing. I will, uh, you sure that one thing, <laughs> and I'm not sure the others. Okay, so we're doing the no escape thing. Have you heard of the no escape thing? It sounds familiar. It's where, I, well, I, there's different scenarios, but I think we're doing the kidnapping one. So what <laughs> oh, no, I can't, no. What, what happens is, supposedly, they handcuff and blindfold you, and then they put you in a room, and then you have 40 minutes to get out. You know, I've I've wanted to do an escape room for so long, but I think that yeah. the anxiety of it is just like really hard to sign up for it alone. Right. So it's a good thing you got people like you know Jonathan there to be like, this right. is what we're doing, uh-huh. <laughs> and you don't have a choice. <laughs> right. Because so we're doing we're do, we're doing that tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, a couple of days. You're meeting you're meeting a friend tomorrow, right? Yeah. You need to make sure you listen to the podcast. He does. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm seeing Andrew Malloy at this. Oh, awesome! Shout Give him out. my love. Yeah, we love you, Andrew. That's we really got cool. that going on. John's gonna visit um, my wife's school. Yep, because I also work in schools, so I'm. Oh right, going, right. 
Right, I'm, right. I am desperately, <laughs> Mathis, desperately trying to get John to move down here. Uh-huh. You know that a part of him does want to do it. it I, 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 a I, large part. Yeah. A large like, part of him. It wouldn't take too much to convince him. Just keep harassing him about it. That's I'm, that's, that's the plan. If I have to have a, a baby with my wife to get him down here, that'll be... That'll do it. Oh, my God. That, that might have to happen. <laughs> yep. So... Uh, and then good. let's see. Uh, Thursday I'm off, so John and I will have just kind of hang out the whole day. Yeah, I don't even know what we'll, we'll do. Always, really, we always have good combos. So we do have a good conversation. We had a good combo before this. Yeah. So oh, I believe it. We were we were going to we try gonna, and include it, but uh, we just ran out of time. We're going to try to yeah, and we we're trying to save some of it, but that's uh, all right though. Yeah. Well, we will have me on some other time. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll, we'll see how the ratings are, and we'll <laughs> yeah. see if if the audience wants you back. Right. <laughs> And then, uh, so Thursday we'll hang out. I think we're going to go to a couple of Goodwills. Yeah. In a new coffee pot. Yeah. Um, we had vegan pizza tonight. There we did. Because we classy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys want to hear a really weird Goodwill story? If it's, only if it's really weird, yeah. Well, it's not even true. I dreamt it two nights ago. <laughs> but, so, I'm I'm at Goodwill, right? And it's just me and, like, this one other woman who's, like, in my peripherals. And... I get a phone call, and it's, like, a friend, and I'm talking about, like, I'm at Goodwill, and I'm, like, making fun of people who shop at Goodwill, and and then I hang up, and this woman's, like, right next to me, and she is just, like, giving me a hard time, because she's like, I shop at Goodwill, is there a problem with that? Is there a problem with me? And I was like, I was just making a joke, and she's like, what you guys say? You gonna get in my face? What do you guys say? And I was like, what's happening right now? And then she, like, she tried to attack me. Mathis, this sounds like this could have really happened. I know, right? It was real. It felt so real. I was like, what is happening right now? You need to calm down. You need to take a joke. Maybe I was making fun of you, but you could take it. I think you've got some internal things going on right now. <laughs> that dream's a metaphor. A metaphor. For don't make fun of people. That's what, that's what my brain is telling me. This is what happens we're, when you make fun of people. By. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get attacked. That sounds like a really awesome week. I've never been to Nashville, but I feel like it's I would like it a lot. Yeah, I know it's, you uh, have. Nashville is the the LA of the South. <laughs> That's so true. That's it actually I mean, true. There's a ton of famous people here. That's yeah. right, yeah. You can, you'll, you'll, you'll see them like at rest, random restaurants and bars. I got a gluten and dairy-free uh, cupcake. So that's here. Yeah, that sounds a lot like... <laughs> and it was good. The only thing we don't have here is In-N-Out Burger. And let me tell you, you're not missing much. <laughs> I know, I, I heard the last podcast. Oh, did we talk about... Oh, we did talk about it, that's right. Yeah. 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 Don't believe anybody who tells you it's amazing. like that, but... Mathis, everyone says it's amazing besides you. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've talked to people out here who moved out here like me, and they're like, yeah, it's it's... I mean, it's if you like Taco Bell, you'll love In-N-Out. I do love Taco Bell. I don't have it very often, but I love it. Well, you'll probably like In-N-Out, but it's not the most amazing burger you've ever had. <laughs> People are going to listen to this and just be raging, like throwing things like, you're a terrible person! <laughs> right. Well, I think we ended it on a, a happier note. Yeah, I, it sounds like a really... I, exciting week and i was very pumped to hear about your week it sounds like it's going to be really cool it will be i, I don't know if i have the, the, the power to do this but 
if there's any listeners out there that want John to do anything in Nashville or take a picture in front of, of anything oh, in Nashville, <laughs> tweet us in. Tweet them in. I'm not really part of this. Guys. I don't know. I, I, I'm new to Twitter, so I'm not tweet with the way go. Tweet at me. Is that, what, is that what we call it? Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah, tw- tweet, tweet at John. Tweet at the podcast. Yeah, tweet at the podcast. At, at Hello and Adieu. Okay, that. On Twitter. You, you can also send us an email, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. That was we'll, really slurred, uh, we'll but that spells hello and his, adieu. Uh, adventures down here. Yeah. Well, again, when I say we, I mean I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> if you do listen to this and you hear that, that challenge, you better – yeah, and you've made it this far. You better, you better uh, tweet at us real quick because John's only there for a week. Yeah, guys. Okay. By the time they hear this, about four days, so. Exactly. Yeah, they have very little time to act, so they better very get on little. it. Very little. Okay. Well, well, thanks for having me on again, guys. Yeah, totally. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. I appreciate yeah, you, it. You're fun sorry, to talk to. I'm sorry I got so introspective, guys. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I just want to title this episode, When John Hit the Sound of Silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you post that... Uh... You're talking about the sad battle, right? Yeah, yeah. Just post sad oh, Affleck and be uh, like, "This is one? John in the next podcast." Yeah, the clap. Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, I will definitely clap. tweet the Brendan Fraser clap. Right yeah, definitely do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's my favorite. All right. Well, once again, happy Easter to you guys. Happy um, Easter. It is a beautiful holiday. You kind of, sometimes you have to, you have to really fight to continue to see that. But yeah. I do believe that. Um, and happy Easter, everybody listening. Thank you for everybody who listens. Send us questions. Tweet at John yes. about his adventures. Yes. All and right. And we're I out. I bid you an adieu. And I bid you an adieu, John. And Jonathan, other John. I bid you an adieu. Adieu. <laughs> adieu. Adieu, adieu. To you and you and you. To you and you and you. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. See Bye, ya. Mathis.